0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. As Pastor mentioned just a few minutes ago, the text for today is from this Romans reading that you heard him read. And I don't know, as you were Listening to it, if you kind of wondered, like, okay, so what's going to Pastor preach on? What's Pastor going to preach on in here? Because this isn't even a complete sentence, right? It's an intro to a letter. So this is the beginning of the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And again, there's not even a complete sentence in here. It's a, a, a normal format for an introduction to a letter where he introduces himself and says who he is and then says the audience that he's speaking to and, and then gives this greeting. And as you were hearing all of that, I don't know what you were thinking all, but I will tell you for sure, it is very, very thick. It is actually very meaty with theology and meaning inside this opening here. But we're not going to try to tear the whole thing apart and understand every bit of it. We're just going to focus on one little bit in verse 5. This phrase in particular here. We're going to look at this. Grace and apostleship, To bring about the obedience of faith. And there's plenty there, in fact. But we're going to break that down just a little bit. So again, Paul talks about how we have been called by grace. We've been given this apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. That's what we're going to look at. And we're going to start just with that very first word. Grace. Because it's important for us to not overlook grace. You've, you've heard about grace, hopefully and presumably, throughout your lives. Over and over and over. You've heard it from this pulpit, from many different pastors, perhaps. You've heard it from other pulpits, I'm sure. You've heard it in different settings. Uh, you've heard it in song. You've heard it just as you share the gospel with each other. You've heard about grace. You know what it is, but it's important to be reminded always that grace is where we begin. That's where Paul begins with this part of this. Grace, it's that that beautiful treasure of the forgiveness of sins that we've received through Jesus. Sometimes we simplify it with a little acronym. It's a a good way to remember it. And maybe you've heard this. I'm sure you have. God's riches at Christ's expense, right? It's a nice, easy way to remember what this is. We receive the riches from God because at Christ's expense, they are ours. He died, we get life. That forgiveness of sins. Again, this is that grace. We have to start there. And I'm not going to be talking about grace throughout this message, trying to explain to you what grace is. Because again, you've heard this many times. And generally speaking, I'm assuming that you have a grasp of what grace is. And Paul begins that way too. That we have received this grace. As he's speaking to his audience, the the church in Rome, they have received this grace. And so he goes on from there. Not only have they received grace, but they have received this apostleship. And you've probably heard the word apostle plenty times, right? You've heard that many times, and probably when you hear the word apostle, you think of the twelve in particular. Perhaps you think just as Paul uh, uses it at the beginning of this letter in verse one, where, well, Paul is an apostle, singularly he is an apostle who has this specific role within the the faith of that region and the people that he's going to be encountering. Perhaps you think of it that way. Paul specifically or the 12. Now it's debated by the commentators but here and many other places in scripture I'm convinced that what he's actually referring to is not just himself, not just the 12, but all Christians And that's how he uses it here, is that this apostleship that has been received is not just him, not just the twelve, but you and I even. That all believers are apostles. And the word apostle, from the Greek, it just simply means sent out. One who has been sent. And certainly that describes his job. Excuse me. Certainly that just describes the job of the twelve that describes the job for all of us as well that we have been sent. Now, all of this in this introduction then he says is to re- to bring about the obedience of faith. And that's a phrase that I had not really wrestled with before and dealt with and as I was reading through the the readings for this weekend I saw that and it really piqued my interest, and I I was kind of like, well, I wonder what this is all about, obedience of faith. Because when you hear obedience, and when I hear obedience, I think of conforming to a set of rules and regulations, right? A set of laws. You obey me. You need to obey me. I speak to my kids, right? Or we speak like within our laws of the land. We obey the laws of the land. It's very simple, right? And that meaning is here, but this says obedience of faith. So we really have to wrestle with that. Like, well, what, what is obedience of faith? What does that mean? As I worked through it and, and, and wrestled with it, it, it took a lot of wrestling, I'll say. I realized that it's, it's not obedience to God's law. So that, that would be different, right? Obedience to God's law. Now, that's a good thing. We, we are obedient to God's law. But that's not what this is referring to. This is obedience of faith. It's not obedience to God's law. But it's obedience to God's gospel. And that has a whole different meaning then. That has a whole different set of, of application for us. It's one thing to be obedient to God's law. And again, we should be obedient to God's law. And the way thing, everything began was that we were obedient to God's law. But then that all fell apart. Now we are called to this obedience of faith, being obedient to God's gospel. And, and this is what it looks like. It's, it's hearing the gospel, and then hearing that gospel produces faith in us, and then that faith responds and grabs hold of the promises of the gospel that we heard in the first place. And right away, as I describe that, you might hear and recognize, like, well, that's a bit circular, right? Right? So we hear the gospel, the gospel produces faith, that faith grabs hold of the gospel, and we're right back where we began. But there's a beauty to that, actually. And in a way, that's the whole point. Because in this, it is God alone who is working throughout the whole process. When we hear God's gospel, when we hear that message of grace... It produces faith. God, through that, produces faith in us. And then that faith, again, grabs hold of that gospel, responds, and we keep hearing it. It is God at work. We have no role in this ourselves at all. We can't come to faith on our own. Lenski, one of the commentators um, that I like to read on these scriptures, says it this way, that this obedience of faith, regarding the obedience of faith, that the obedience lies in the act of believing. Now, my goal is not for you to go home today and be able to explain to everybody obedience of faith, okay? But to point this out, there's a reason for it. Because we can compare this to other things. We can contrast this. So the goal of religion, in contrast, maybe you've heard of it this way or you think of religion this way. The goal of religion is often to get good works and and proper behavior out of people, right? And again, there's value in that, but that's religion, And maybe you've heard people say this, and I, as a pastor, I kind of cringe when I hear Christians, and to be honest, when I hear Lutherans say things like, well, religion is good for you. And if you could hear the eye roll, (laughs) that's what happens to me whenever I hear that kind of a statement. And I have heard good Lutherans say, I want my kids to grow up with religion, and I just want to, no, I don't want my kids to grow up with religion. I want my kids to grow up with Jesus because that's completely different. I don't want my kids to grow up with religion where, well, do you have to make sure you conform to these laws and rules and obey this and that? Like Again, there's value to that, yes, but that is not the goal of the Christian faith. That is not God's goal for us. The goal of religion is follow these rules, do it this way, this and that, and so on. But God's goal for us is to bring us into a right relationship with him. See, that's obedience of faith. That's obedience to God's gospel. It's about him bringing us into right relationship with him. So Paul has all of this, this grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. And he says it is to happen among all the nations. In other words, it's for all people, all times, all places, no exceptions. And we have received this grace and this apostleship being we've been sent out for that purpose. But something tragic has happened in the Christian church, at least in America, and I'm I'm certain in other countries and other continents as well. We've professionalized and we've institutionalized the work of discipling all nations. So let me say that again. We've professionalized and we've institutionalized the work of discipling all nations. And let me explain what I mean by that. We've moved from the biblical structure We've moved from God's design of fathers and mothers teaching their children the faith as we just go about our everyday business, as we just go about folding the laundry or washing dishes or working in the yard, around the house, whatever it is, as we, as even in our work, if our kids are around us in that way, we've moved from our fathers and mothers teaching their children about the faith in their daily lives to the church and the professionals of the church doing this job for them, and that is not God's design. Now, we've, we've moved even away from doing it just together, like parents do it and church workers do it, to, no, pastor, it's your job. Teachers, it's your job Or when it comes to mission work, sharing the gospel with those who've never heard it, we say, well, that's the work of pastors and missionaries. That's why they have that special role. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And I'm just gonna mention very quickly, this is something that is being addressed here at St. Lawrence already. And and we will certainly continue to address this as the years go on. But another way that we we have fallen into this tragic change is that we, we sometimes glamorize international missions. We glamorize even missionaries. You know, look at all the amazing stuff they do in these foreign exotic places. Well, look, look how they have set aside their lives for this very specific work of being missionaries someplace else. And it's very good. Again, there is great value to that. No question about it. And it's very valuable for any of us To be involved in mission work where we go somewhere and we do something. There is great value to that. That's for another time and another conversation. But the tragedy is when we glamorize that kind of mission work. And we neglect the lost in our own everyday lives. See, we've lost sight of the fact that Jesus' great commission is for all believers in our everyday lives. You've heard the Great Commission many times. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them, right? You've heard that over and over. And it's true, of course. But a better translation, a better way to understand this, quite honestly, is All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, not go, as in leave your hometown, leave your home state, leave your home country, and then go do the discipling stuff. Not go, as in you have to go away, but having gone, which we don't really say it that way in English, right? But more like, as you go about your daily lives. As you go all along the way, about your daily business, disciple all nations. And how do we do that? Baptizing teaching. See, we are everyday apostles. That's the sermon title for today. That's the simple thing I want you to take away from this. We are everyday apostles with a message to share. We are everyday apostles with a savior to introduce people to. We get to introduce people to Jesus every single day. We get to tell about him every single day. I'd like you to think about it this way. There there are many people that I've known in my life that I'm assuming none of you have ever met. For example, when I was born, I had seven of my eight great-grandparents still alive. I think that's pretty cool. I don't get any credit for that, of course. You know, it's not my, like, I got to make that happen, right? But I think that's pretty cool. And they all lived well into their 90s, and I got to know all of them, all of those seven of my eight great-grandparents. I'm assuming you've never met any of them. As far as I know, none of you have ever met my brother Mark. Mark. He died 11 years ago at the age of 23. It was one year before we came here for Vicarage. You never met one of my grandparents, great-grandparents in particular, Grandma Yonke, Dorothy, who died four months after my brother did, but at the age of 103. Now, the only way for you to get to know any of those people is through the stories that I would tell you. Right? through the eyes of someone else who spent time with them and knew them personally. That's the only way you could get to know about them. So, for example, I could tell you that great-grandma Yonke played and taught organ and piano well into her 90s. I could tell you how she weighed only about 100 pounds her entire adult life. And I could tell you all about how she, she was just as sweet and gentle as she was small. I could tell you stories and stories about great-grandma. I could tell you all about Mark, my brother. I could tell you all about how he was really smart, how he loved playing soccer and tennis, how he loved his family, how he loved talking about Jesus, how he loved talking about the faith with people, regardless of what their beliefs were, how he loved talking about philosophy and psychology and brain science and how that all connected together. But you know as well as I do that as long as I would spend telling stories, it's not the same as you actually sitting and talking with them, interacting with them yourselves, right? It's just not the same. But when we share as everyday apostles, we are introducing people to the living Savior, When we share as everyday apostles, we are introducing people to the living word of God himself, who, yes, is alive, who comes then to live in us, who then comes to give us, to lead us to eternal life. See, when we share as everyday apostles about Jesus' birth, in our Christmas celebrations, when, when we talk about how God became flesh and dwelt among us, when we talk about that this, this child of humble birth would save his people from their sins, when we proclaim that this child is the one who 30 years later, after having lived a perfect life, would die, would be murdered, would then rise again. See, we're doing more than telling just pleasant stories. We're doing more than reminiscing about some person from the past. We're doing far more than perpetuating some historical fiction. What we're doing is we're giving people Jesus himself. And it's in this sharing that others come to faith and receive this grace just as we did. We should never forget that. We came to faith. We were brought to the obedience of faith because someone else shared the message with us. Someone else told us about grace. Someone else told us About Jesus. And when we do this, we are not bringing people into a system of rules and regulations. We are bringing them to Jesus Himself. And more specifically, remember, we're apostles. We are sent ones. So what we're actually doing is we're not just bringing them to Jesus, but we're actually taking Jesus. To them, we are everyday apostles, every moment of every day. And this begins in our families. This is first and foremost. This, again, is the biblical structure. This is by God's design. And those of us who are in full time ministry will often talk about how our ministry begins with our families it has to and again that is by god's design our ministry starts in our families and just the sa- in just the same way as for all apostles your ministry begins Your apostleship begins in your families and flows out from there into your schools, into your workplaces, into whatever your everyday context is. And yes, it flows out into the public arena. That is what we do as apostles. We are everyday apostles along with every other disciple of Jesus. And together... We proclaim God's grace to every nation. So may God grant us thankfulness for his grace. May God grant us confidence in our calling as apostles. And may God grant us boldness to be everyday apostles for the sake of Jesus' name. In his name, amen.